0: This is the Practicing XP podcast. Hi, I'm Akshay
1: and I'm Chirag. We've been practicing extreme programming for 10 years each in ThoughtWorks. In this podcast, we'll share our perspectives, our opinions and experiences while practicing XP. Thanks for tuning in.
0: All right, so welcome to another episode of Practicing XP. This time, we have uh, four more of our colleagues with us, and we're going to talk about uh, automated testing in general. And uh, uh, again, this is going to be a role-play format uh, that we've used in the past few episodes. And um, so I'll lay down the premise of the of the role-play, and then we'll get started. Uh, but before I do that, uh, let's do a quick round of introductions. Uh, my name is Akshay. Hi, I'm Chirag.
2: Hi, I'm Shilpa.
3: Hi, this is Ayush. Uh, this is Ishan. Hi, this is Ankit.
0: Cool. Uh, so, for this role play, uh, Chirag is going to play a client role. And uh, uh, Ankit, Ishan, Ayush, and Shilpa are going to play the XP team uh, who will be talking about uh, functional uh, testing, uh, automated testing. Um, and the premise of the role play is that uh, the client has been working with this XP team for about six months. Um, it's a web plus mobile kind of a project, uh, a mobile meaning mobile web. Um, and so the browser is the main, main way of accessing the functionality of the application. And, um, recently, uh, the client has started, uh, observing some patterns in the standup, um, around a lot of work being done on automated testing or automated tests. And uh, and the client is questioning whether that is really the best use of their money, or whether they could get some more features done instead of spending time on on all this automated testing that's happening. Uh, so that's the broad premise. Uh, and Chirag, uh, as he gets into the role play, will explain a little bit more, and then we can get started. Cool.
1: Yep. So let's uh, let's start the discussion then like akshay um, laid out um, i'm getting worried folks about uh, just how much time the team seems to be spending on uh, automated tests and getting them getting them to work and and so on um, from from a distance as i tune in into standup updates and and so on i feel like a lot of time is getting spent on that on either writing new tests as part of every story or on fixing existing tests on a, on debugging broken builds and, and whatnot it just feels like uh, yeah a lot of time is being spent and so I am not clear why is it taking so much time and what value is it adding to the application. <laughs>
3: so Chirag, to answer your question so i believe uh, automation is one of the very strat- strategic uh, decision that uh, people take and which involves definitely high amount of time in the initial stages of it but as and when uh, our project grows we started actually realizing the benefits out of it in terms of how ex- how efficiently we can do our repetitive activities so in our example let's say we have a web application and we we are, also have the mobile version of that web app and we are expected to uh, run uh, our code on different different environments so uh, th- th- that is where the automation will actually help us because if a manual p- manually a person will be doing it then the same repetitive task will be uh, done by that person with different configuration but when it comes to automation once that is done we can reuse the same uh, uh, c- scripts that we used to write with different configurations and with different expectations and all and that is where the uh, value can be derived out of it yeah and if
4: you see like uh, uh, it's not I- yeah, if you
3: see like uh, it's not we
4: will be getting, we are already getting that value out of our automation. So if you see our current process, uh, what we are doing is like, uh, we are also writing our automation test along with our developing any story and that is part of our story done. And why it is so because once we are we are done the implementation of story, we are sure that our, and uh, hence we are writing the automation test, we are making sure that our Story is uh, uh, again uh, att- uh, the story is uh, our new implementation is working fine with the other f- modules or functionality of the application itself because our automation tests are giving us that quick feedback whether anything has, anything is breaking or not. So here it, our automation tests are helping us
2: yeah and like the name only suggests that it's automation test which means that it will uh, like in future it will reduce the uh, repetitive manual work as Ayush said Uh, so it might be taking lot of time right now but uh, once the framework is in place and all these are things it will not take time and in future it will reduce the bugs in the system because some of the things will be automated uh, uh, automated by the automation test So we can avoid the production bugs, which will uh, save a lot of cost, like, you know, uh, it's always better to have that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard of these promises of, of automation team, I mean, from this team and from earlier teams. But can you tell me, like, over the last three months, how many bugs has the automation suite found?
5: Okay, so uh, let's just assume a situation like we, we need to ship a, a new feature to the application or the website we have. Uh, so uh, while while doing uh, while devs working on the new feature uh, and uh, the QAs, uh, so, so the QAs can can be relieved that they are focusing on the new feature testing, <coughs> deciding test strategies for the new feature itself. And they are not reworking or going back to the previous that wi- while the new, the old one is working with the new one itself. So what we say uh, it it automatically reg- uh, is a kind of regression testing we are running. So the, the old doesn't breaks when the new one is pushed in. Uh, but I
1: see your test breaking all the time, I mean I see it in your, in the team slack uh, channel people saying, know, hey, tests are breaking. This build is broken because of this test breaking all the time. So, so what do you mean that it doesn't break? It seems to break all the time. And uh,
5: so, I think uh, that, uh, that 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 the tests breaking uh, might not be uh, num- should not be taken negatively. Uh, though it might be uh, some of the time, it might be the fault of the tests going wrong but it um, it might also contribute to many of the uh, of the positives out of it that it uh, that really something went wrong uh, on the back end yeah uh- so when
4: we say that uh, we, uh, we are seeing a lot of uh, conversations saying that the tests are breaking I think like we should be happy about it uh, that our tests are able to identify if something is breaking or not. Now there can be two things uh, uh, which may uh, reflect like why our tests are bre- breaking either our functionality itself is breaking or our tests are flaky right in both the case even if we are, our tests are flaky and they are breaking what we why we need to fix that is to make sure that we are not getting any false uh, positives like if, if anything is breaking still our tests are passing this will give a wrong impression that everything is working but our since our tests are breaking this is uh, giving us a uh, c- quick and early feedback okay something is not right please g- have a go and have a look uh, what is wrong and probably uh, go to the root cause of that
3: so uh, to add to uh, Ankit's and Ishan's point, so what I believe is uh, the entire cycle is actually a stream, uh, very well streamlined process, uh, we can say that it, it all starts with uh, when a developer checks in uh, any code and we uh, start uh, uh, running our automated test and we encounter that few of them are failing. So that is the first step when we see that we are getting the ROI of our test. Because if our tests are failing, what that means is uh, the functionality which was supposed to work f- across the application, something got broken and before the build pushes to f- further stages, this is the early stage when we can uh, get to know that something is breaking and then we can fix it and then we can move forward. So again, uh, there are n- different different uh, kinds of tests which we can write to help us ensure that Uh, what we are uh, automating and what all kinds of tests we are writing that will help us to um, get the better uh, output in terms of the uh, quality of the product
1: yeah so i'm I'm not i'm not i'm not saying all automation test is uh, is a problem i feel unit tests are very powerful i can see why they give quick feedback and you know it's useful to run that and every developer can run it very quickly it's easy to debug doesn't take any time to figure out what's going wrong etc so unit tests are very powerful but I have noticed that the uh, with the functional test the the end-to-end uh, func- suite that that you run uh, that one is almost always read and two whenever I ask what was the problem I only get to hear, oh, the test was flaky and uh, oh, you know, it was breaking because of some environment issue and hardly ever um, does it seem to point to any real um, real issues in the code base. So to me, it appears like it is getting in the way much more than it is uh, helping the team. And uh, I want to know if, if I am completely off in my perception or is there some truth to it?
5: I believe that uh, that the answer lies in the in the argument itself uh, that uh, though uh, unit tests might be good and good to have and are fast enough, but uh, we also need to look at uh, at the product as a whole, that it uh, comes out together uh, perfectly uh, so that the end user experience is not uh, is uh, is as what is targeted for the business value. Uh, so uh, that I think
2: yeah and just to add to that point is like unit tests are just uh, testing one unit of the thing and when we are writing a functional test it's like the end-to-end like the there are there were many integration points we will be testing and as you said the some of the tests might be flaky because of the third party the api contracts may have changed or something like that so it's a good thing that like we are catching that okay something had changed and the functional tests are uh, uh, failing because of that reason so it's like a end-to-end testing for all those things
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I guess you folks were talking about the fact that you have different kinds of tests, right? So there are unit tests, then there are some integration tests, which are still uh, at the code level, you know, API level within the system, and those test integration between different parts of of our own application. And then these functional end-to-end functional tests that actually use the browser Mm -hmm. and and uh, and verify if the end user is able to get stuff done and uh, so i want to know yeah i mean are all of these tests equally important is one more important than the other how many how much time should we spending on each types of tests and how many of each types of tests should there be Uh, because it seems like the stuff on the front end is very costly, right? Very costly to write, very costly to run, you know, very difficult to debug. And so I'm asking, you know, why, why is it needed? And why can't we just do more uh, of the unit tests and do better integration tests? And
4: Yeah, so... uh as you said like uh, each level of test has different uh, each level of test has different uh, importance so unit test's uh, goal is to identify the uh, small small areas of a, uh, of a, of our project where things might break right so writing a unit test will help us to identify those things before even we test for the integration test so as soon as we go up to the pyramid go uh, up to the top of the pyramids the cost of writing and maintaining and executing those tests increases so as you said like unit test is the quickest thing and those are those tests are very close to our code and hence they help us to identify uh, hence they help us to identify the uh, the problems at very early stage of the product now why we want to write a unit test uh, sorry ui test is like so our business, right? Our clients, uh, our end users won't be uh, using the uh, the API or unit test. right? In the end, what they are using is our product. So what they will be use, seeing is the uh, the screens, how it looks like, whether the alignment is proper, whether the functionality on click of button, if the functionality is working on fi- or fine or not. So how does our our product works uh, from end to end that we have to still have to check even though your uh, all our unit test, integration test and api test are passing still we do want to mimic our end user journey so that we are confident that uh, nothing at the ui level is also breaking agreed that they are uh, they are again little bit costly costly in terms of writing and maintaining but uh, it's not like uh, again it depends on how much coverage you are getting at that particular level. So at UI level we don't write each and every scenario. We write only the scenarios end to end scenarios which are very business critical which we want every time to at least those are the very business critical scenarios and we want them to pass. right? There are different ways to mimic the uh, UI test also, like let's say as, so our project is like, uh, we are having a web, we, we want to, sh- uh, uh, we want to display our web, web, web uh, website on the uh, desktop browser also, and mobile browser also, uh, instead of, and r- running a UI test on mobile may take little bit more time uh, than r- running test on the browser one way to quickly do that is like you can reduce the size or resolution of your browser to a mobile uh, mobile resolution and you can still test your test may or may not pass right but it is not giving you a, uh, that, that uh, confidence whether your product will work on the client uh, the uh, end users mobile or mo- mobile also or not. So hence we have to make sure that we are at least uh, we have one stage where we are mimicking the end users. Uh, behavior
1: yeah so i mean you spoke about a few things here right you you mentioned this pyramid Uh, by pyramid i imagine and and these front-end ui tests are at the top of the pyramid is that right
4: so, we, we do have end to end more. Uh, so, UI is like you have more uh, functionality you have to check from UI, and on top of the UI, you have end to end scenarios where we are just carrying, uh, we are just executing the uh, journey of the client or the uh, end user. So here we are not focusing only on one functionality. So what's
1: at the bottom of the pyramid? What's at the so bottom lies unit test. Unit test. Then we have
4: integration test. We have API test. We have uh, functional test. Then probably we have visual test. What do you So want? wait,
1: wait. So let's go a little bit slowly. So at the bottom is unit tests. Yeah. And by saying it's at the bottom, you mean that that should be the most in number. So yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah? Okay. And above that is integration tests. Yeah. Then API tests. Yeah. Okay.
4: So this this definition may change according to what your app is. For
1: like. for our for our system, a web-based uh, application that needs yeah. to run across multiple browsers, including mobile browsers. For us, what is the what is the pyramid look like?
4: Yeah. It it does look like we have we should have a lot of, uh, unit, lot tests. of unit tests. Uh, enough, enough. integration, integration tests. Test, yes. And
1: then some uh, API tests. Yes after that Uh,
4: we do have UI test then we have uh, UI test means we are just checking the different different functionality different different modules or areas uh, of uh, our app in web and uh, on mobile also and then we have end-to-end test where we are just checking few critical business uh, end-to-end journey right and we do have visual uh, testing also when
1: so wait wait uh, so you, what does UI test do if they don't do end to end scenarios are they like testing one page at a time
2: yeah it's like one? on a on one page you can have the multiple functionalities oh okay yeah. I do a login there might be a failure scenario there might be a success scenario you don't want to cover that into the end to end journey the yeah. failure scenarios. Yeah. so those uh, tests will be covered in the UI test like but why are we
1: testing something like that on the UI at all uh, why so not depend on lower level tests to to test that what is likely to to fail Uh,
5: so i like to comment on that Uh, so so
1: for example login you could do login as an independent test to see login logout etc or you could do like a test that says i will add something to the shopping cart and then apply a discount coupon and then check out and you know and and pay and all that and finally i'll log out Right, so login can get tested as part of any of your end-to-end scenarios or you could do a separate test just to see if login works well. Mm. And so I'm asking why a separate test just to do login and logout.
5: Uh, so yeah. I think uh, the, uh, the product we have uh, might uh, might be used on different size of devices. Okay. Uh, Say so if uh, if it works on one, it might not behave the same way on another, or it might completely fail on another. So we so that we have a we have a confidence that we we serve the purpose on all all user client devices uh, would be. The but
1: why separate UI tests for that? Even end-to-end scenarios will give you the same feedback. Yeah,
5: But uh, let's assume that
4: if we, are, we don't have UI functional tests, we have only end-to-end scenarios. Yeah. And if your tests fail at even at login, right? Yeah at that because of that you are not even going and checking what what would uh, so uh, the other part of the of the end to end flow because your your uh, functionality failed at login and hence you,
1: there is no point of but if there is a big failure eh, either some of your integration tests should also fail or some api tests will also fail i mean there are those uh, those tests as, as well right that will give you feedback yes so let's say your your shopping cart functionality wasn't working You will find that in the lower level tests. Why do you need to? See UI test, you were talking about UI test will test. What kind of things will it test? It will test, you were saying it will test alignment of whether the right images are being shown and on the right resolution. whether. Those those would be visual visual tests. tests. Okay, so that's one kind of things that it can possibly check, right? UI test or visual test. Uh, Or you were saying when you hit a button, does it bring up? You know the next screen and, and so on. This is stuff that is uh, logic that is built in into the JavaScript that, that the browser ha- is executing. You want to test that. Uh, so I'm I'm asking instead of writing UI tests, why not actually write uh, JavaScript level unit tests for the stuff that you can write JavaScript tests for? Uh,
5: okay. So Chirag, there might be a situation where uh, uh, where uh, the backend API is working perfectly. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you mentioned a scenario where the where the cart uh, add to cart functionality is not working. Yeah. So there might be a scenario that the user, the end user, might be on a different kind of network. Suppose he is on a two G network. Yeah. He might not be able to process the data. Yeah. Uh, correctly, what the mobile, uh, what it's the browser or yes. the the web app wants. So there may be f- fail scenarios there also. In that case right
1: and so that should be caught in the end-to-end uh, tests so why would that why would end-to-end tests not be sufficient to catch something like that by the way with end-to-end tests I assume that that's right at the top of the pyramid which means it should be least in numbers yes. right. so which means that if we were building like a typical shopping uh, sort of website let's we are building a big basket type thing uh, or, or a flip type thing then I would imagine there will be 10 such scenarios, 15 such scenarios, right? Very yeah. small number of those end-to-end scenarios that yeah. talk about different kinds of flows in the system. Yeah, so we are on the same page about what those, those tests mean. Now tell me what will those tests, why do we need any other kinds of UI tests if once we have those tests? So we have those tests, we have integration tests, we have API tests, we have unit tests. Why do we need any other types of tests?
4: So one thing is like, uh, so those end-to-end uh, scenarios are whole user journey, right? So yeah. Hence, they will take more time to execute, right?
1: Yeah, but there's few of them, so it will still execute quite quickly. Even though there are quickly. few, right? You Let's could say have 10 of these and each of them can take a minute, right? I mean, okay. these are still an end-user's journey, right? Yeah. Our users don't use our system for like 30 minutes at a time. They'll use it for 2 minutes, 3 minutes. So each of these flows will still should take less than 10-15 minutes together or the alternative is what what I have seen often teams do is write a bunch of unit uh, UI tests that will test different things on every page and every story. In fact, as part of every story, I understand that you're writing some UI tests and that scares me because we have 100 stories that we've already played and that means there must be 100 UI tests already. Or maybe even more than that, because uh, in some UI stories, some stories I hear that people writing multiple uh, UI tests. So that means like 200, 300 of these tests. And even if now they they all take half a minute, that's like multiple hours already. Has anyone been on any any project where uh, UI tests take less than 10 minutes? No, right? It starts taking 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour in no time in a few months. And so I'm asking why is that valuable? How is that useful? Why not just depend on the, on the end-to-end scenarios to, to get the feedback that something went wrong on the UI and then focus more on writing more JavaScript tests, focus more on writing better unit tests, better API tests, better integration
3: tests. So Chita, uh, to answer your question, so we uh, agree that definitely there should be maximum number of unit tests and then the API test. and But when it comes to the uh, functional test, or to UI automated test, so, so our app code not only lies in the back end of the application, the front end of the application also has some code and has some logic uh, developed. Uh, in yeah, it. So yeah, and I'm
1: saying write the test closest to that logic itself. If most of that, where would that logic lie? It lie in JavaScript. So write that javascript code in a, in a test driven manner and, and ensure that there are really good unit tests for all of the javascript code that you are writing right and but because otherwise you will uh, otherwise we are being um, asymmetrical right because if, if if ui test was the right way to test this all this javascript code to like write end to end test to test this javascript code that would be like saying unit tests are less important integration tests are more important mm-hmm. right because in a way the higher level unit tests are like uh, higher level ui tests are like integration tests for all of the javascript code that you're writing yeah.
4: so uh, even even in unit ui tests also you don't write each and every possibility of the particular functionality right because we have already covered them we have already covered them at the unit level and integration on api level right yeah. so what we write at ui level is the uh, one probably one positive happy path of that particular feature and probably one negative case which is feature or story story not story uh, it should be it then should be why do i
1: hear that we are writing uh, you know all qas keep telling me is that we write automation as part of every story that makes me feel that as part of every story we are QAs, so firstly, uh, I should clarify which of these tests QAs are writing and which of these tests devs are writing. So let's start from the bottom. Unit tests, devs, devs are writing. Integration tests, devs, devs are writing. Then uh, API tests So on, uh, again, on your team. It's a,
2: it can be a combination of okay. QA plus dev or a QA. Okay. So
1: yeah. let's say QAs and devs together are writing the API tests. Um, then uh, JavaScript tests. Who's writing that? Dev- Dev- developers are writing as yes, they write JavaScript code, um, and uh, and then uh, UI uh, end-to-end tests, end-to-end tests and UI tests. Of, uh, who is writing these?
2: Mm-hmm. QAs? Mostly.
1: Right. And mostly, but uh, mostly yeah, most often, yeah, most often QAs are writing these. If mm. you uh, actually another way of asking this question is if 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 there are if there's a QA on the team for uh, let's say hundred days for a project how many days is uh, is she writing ui tests roughly is it 20 out of the hundred and for the other 80 this person's doing other things or is it 80 days out of 100 is this person writing ui tests it should be
4: i guess 20 80 it should not be like
1: that QA should be only focusing on writing should not be Nate. tell me what you see on your project because I again I hear this theoretically Yeah, uh, you know the QA should do this as well and that as well but in practice all I've seen QA's do is uh, take I mean you know is is take all the time almost of, of uh, in in writing these uh, end-to-end f- I mean these functional tests yeah. so, so You've played that role on this project on previous project. Tell me roughly how much uh, how much in terms of percentage time have you spent on writing uh, automation automation tests? I
4: would say hardly thirty percent. If I go by my case, right? yeah. okay. So uh, like okay, uh,
2: like I'll share my experience in my previous project. It was like uh, uh, it was like there were a uh, lot of functional tests. So uh, and uh, they were writing more and more. So. Uh, at some point, it happened that it was taking so much time and it was flaky. So, uh, Q eight spent a lot of time there also uh, to fix those things and reducing the uh, reducing the functional time, test, yeah. yeah, reducing the build times yeah so like uh, you pointed out the build time uh, so it also brings the point of the continuous uh, de- delivery like if we have the functional test uh, we are like uh, more confident about the processes so uh, uh, we can deliver it frequently and uh, uh, yeah we can deliver it frequently
1: yeah yeah, yeah i mean I'm i'm with you that Continuous delivery won't be possible till we have a good test suite. Yeah. But I'm saying, what is what is good? Uh, good is not just let's write as many tests as we can. Yes, yes. Right. Good yes. is let's write tests at the right level where it, where yes. it is meaningful. And I'm saying, I can understand end-to-end test scenarios, ten or so of mm-hmm. of those being written at the UI layer. That makes sense. But after that, I think we should be focusing on unit testing at JavaScript level, unit testing at the code level, integration tests and, uh, and API tests and stop at that. I don't understand why at every story level, we take so much time in writing these UI tests. It just feels like we create more problems than, than solve them. That's what then results in higher build times. That's what then results in flaky tests. Uh, flaky not just because it stops working you know suddenly that also happens but flaky because uh, something small changed on the ui and and now that's failing like 10 15 tests and and then people are like oh yeah this id changed or whatever like you know so it just takes so much time uh, in writing it in the first place then debugging it and then waiting for it to run and so so it feels like a impediment to continuous delivery rather than a aid
3: so to answer your question so i can understand that time is one of the biggest constraint but uh, if you look at the automation so the initial front only uh, when the automation starts uh, it takes more time because we plan on developing the different different reusable components within the framework which we plan and so that later on as the time goes by we can reduce that time by re- reusing the yeah but that's not
1: consistent with what i see i see that for every story qa still take roughly the same amount of time saying that we are writing tests, saying that we are writing tests i don't actually see if it was like that then uh, then it should be it we should have been able to run teams where you say okay initially for a for a 10 developer team we need two QAs in the beginning for the first two months and after that we'll just need one QA that's how it should work right if it was going to become easier to over time to write these tests then we should have less QAs after two three months but that's I've never seen that happen uh, I always see that As more developers increase, the more QA increase. In fact, I feel like once there is a sizable number of tests, uh, I've also asked, uh, you know, I've also seen, you know, teams saying, oh, some of our devs are going to also help debug these tests or help, you know, fix the code or uh, speed it up or try and run it in parallel and whatnot. So uh, yeah, what are you saying, Uh, sort of maybe true on paper. But I've never seen it in practice and tell me if you have. Have you been on a team where you were able to reduce your QA team size significantly?
2: Yeah, I'll share my experience on the previous project only. It was a web project and like there it was a five developers plus one QA. So it was a small application and we have uh, like the QA uh, has written the functional test. So after a point it happened that uh, uh, it was a two, three journeys only. So it happened that we didn't need a QA that much. Like Devs can play a QA role and it can be proceed. So uh, uh, currently on that team, there is no QA. Okay. So it might happen in that way also. So Maybe one bigger project, it might not happen, but no, yeah. but
1: even on that one, what then you know, do you think you, you folks did right as a team? Uh, was it the fact that you had only a small number mm-hmm. of end-to-end functional tests? Yeah, yeah we then it's consistent yeah. with what I'm saying then. yeah 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 it okay. was
2: a small number of uh, functional tests and more unit tests so currently also developer write the more unit test and uh, since it's not a functionality wise it's done so it might not add more and more things there
1: so with every story you don't go about adding no it's new not like that UI if the f-
2: totally the new flow is coming or the feature is coming then only we will add the test okay
1: yeah so that, that makes sense that's how I think this team should work that we should stop writing UI tests and start focusing more on uh, writing better unit tests and writing a few very small number of end to end scenarios. uh. Uh,
5: So I would like to make a point on this. So uh, this will be a a funny scenario where I I think like there might be scenarios where uh, devs will try to deliberately pass unit tests, uh, not because uh, not because the build is failing or it's they'll be called out for uh, for anything bad uh, but uh, it may be a business requirement uh, depending on the project man- managers might be pushing them uh, because it has been failing for a past couple of days so it is the responsibility of the QA then uh, which uh, where it makes more sense that the UI tests or uh, the all the tests that QAs are writing which are not certainly not uh, unit tests and integration tests, which are done by the QA uh, by the devs. So it's the responsibility of the QA to point point out and drill down to the root cause of uh, of no, the failure.
1: Ishan, if see if you feel like devs can succumb to pressure uh, from the client or from project manager to like fake a test to to pass. Uh, <laughs> w- uh, then in that world I would ask uh, why would uh, QAs be so bulletproof to that pressure why would they also not be liable to succumb under the same pressure Uh, that they, they could also I mean they could have these hundreds of these UI tests and they could also be under pressure to just make them pass what stops them from being under pressure so I feel on an XP team we want to really trust that everyone's trying to build the best software and not intentionally like game things Uh, because if that's happening then anyways you know there is no hope for for that team so let's uh, but but yeah
2: yeah I have a counterpart to that like it, uh, if we have the functional test or the integration test it's like it's give a confidence to a developer in case of the pressure also like in the pressure situation also if they write some code and they pushes the changes uh, but there is something like the that can catch the if there are any wrong things or bugs in the system they have the c- like the code they have added so in a way that helps the developers and add the confidence in the developer.
4: Mm.
1: All right. So, should we um, uh, stop this meeting here and go out? Step outside the role play mode. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Cool. cool. All right. So, uh, a bunch of quite interesting points. Uh, anyways, uh, so so I'll quickly do a wrap up, and we'll go at some of these points one by one. And let's talk about uh, you know outside of the role play, uh, uh, but like Chirag was saying, go back to your experiences on past projects, on what you've seen inside ThoughtWorks or uh, you know in your previous organizations, um, uh, and and let's talk about what is real and what is not. Uh, so, uh, so so I think one of the earlier uh, arguments that uh, people were making was uh, around um, automation being more in in terms of investment uh, in the beginning uh, but providing long-term benefits and I think that's uh, uh, so uh, so that's one way to think about it um, uh, I, I think you were talking about building a framework in the beginning and that's why it takes more time in the beginning uh, without providing that much value but then oh, uh, over a period of time you would start seeing benefits uh, uh, benefits from that um, Uh, so so that's fair Uh, although i have always uh, had this question about frameworks because this is again something that we end up doing every time we start a new project someone comes up with a framework and i don't know what the difference is between the last framework and this framework it feels like a framework should be something that is reusable across multiple situations so do you do you have any insights on that or, or what is what are these things that that uh, require us to write these frameworks again uh and uh, i don't know what are the nuances that that really make us do these activities uh every time on a new project and uh and yeah what what does that really mean
2: uh actually the framework may depend on project by project like uh, mm, uh i'll give you an example of the project It was a mobile project and they have the ios and the uh, android both uh, so, in that, it's like uh, usually in other projects, it was like the it was an Android framework only. But here it has a Android and iOS. And you don't want to rewrite the test for both because it's the same flow and all those things. So, the framework was like building the things which can be reusable both for iOS and Android. So, it's uh, it's the time of investment in the first step to build that framework. No, that's fair.
0: But if you. Uh, I mean, I I have never seen uh, uh, anyone reusing something that they built on the last project. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen that happen actually in, in real life? And, and, mm-hmm. what, and so why is that? I mean, I'm sure that there's a good reason for it, but I'm just curious about understanding why is, why does it take that initial investment every time on a new project?
4: Because uh, uh, I guess uh, when we build a framework, right, uh, what exactly uh, we want. Uh, what what value we want we want to get from the framework first we have to decide that mm. uh, just an example like who would be running my tests? will my POS and business will be looking at my test right or even they will be running my test. if yes probably I will go with the framework which provide me that functionality they can simply they can see bunch of scenarios which are let's say uh, they are written in BDD which is again a collaboration tool right so that that will be easy for them to understand and probably we can provide a better reporting also so that simply they can read out bunch of scenarios and see okay what things we are covering and what we are not covering. So in this case, let's suppose that if, if I'm if in my previous project I have used some other framework, we were not following BDD. We are fo- we are running our test using. TestNG. Mm -hmm. So, in if I reuse same thing over here where where it is intended to be used by my customers, then it won't serve the purpose, right? Because my business may or may not be technical, and he don't want to go uh, download the framework or the so uh, the uh, framework jar and then run some command prompt uh, command uh, command arguments to run the uh, run the test. What he want is like he can see the set of tests and he, he just click on uh, click of button. He should be able to run the test.
0: Yeah, no, again, but uh, again, going by real experience. So in theory, this sounds fine. Uh, but in real experience, I have never, have you seen POs actually writing tests? Have you seen a BDD framework in in action, really speaking? Uh, where you are able to like copy paste a scenario from a story and actually write it in English and it actually works and, and people use it day in day out and they actually test using that is that a real thing or, or is it just a pipe dream I mean, let's be honest here because I have never seen it actually working and maybe it was a technology limitation while I was uh, working on PS projects but and maybe things have changed right now but but it feels that it's not actually real um, so that's one part of the question right the Whether whether that is actually happening or not uh, but regardless, even when that is not happening, even when you, on one project, you're using some command line way of running a, running a framework and on the next project, you're going to do the same thing, pretty much the same thing. Uh, but I've never seen this reuse really happening on, and, and so I, it's just a question. I don't know whether we should spend a lot of time on this. Uh, but it's just a
5: curiosity. Oh, okay. So uh, there, there was one thing when I, uh, I encountered in one project where the the client was not technical at all and they were like uh, only using Excel sheets uh, to refer uh, the performance and they were only familiar with Excel sheets. They were not only not even interested uh, with, the, with the, ins- the new insights that uh, the modern reporting tool might provide. Uh, they were just interested in getting Excel. So w- we, what we did is like we provided a button on the Excel sheet itself to run the tests and get the worksheets populated over there. So there might, it's not a. Uh, so the frameworks are not. You might uh, decide a generic uh, framework, but it might not be. It might not work. It's not a one one size fits all kind of a thing. Okay.
0: Uh, so in and in that scenario, was Excel the interface to your application, or was it something that you built on? No, besides it was your application.
5: No, it was not. It was totally not the interface of the application. The application was something else. He was just interested in getting the responses of each uh, each. Uh, Test results, each test, results, uh, uh, test results each page each
3: screen how much time it takes so um, one of the point that i would like to add over here is so it is very important to understand and get as much clarity on who all are going to be the consumers of our framework so the problem statement that we have that we don't often see that uh, if we write bdd and then the business users are not actually using that or writing that so, uh, it is very good to have that clarity upfront that who are all going to be the consumers of that framework so that the objective with which we are doing this is something can be actually implemented and all.
5: And one more point I would like to make. like let, Let's just say today I make a, uh, a cross-platform uh, framework for both iOS and uh, Android uh, and say I, I don't use it for one year down the line. Mm-hmm or six months down the line and there might be new versions launched of the operating systems or there might be there might be m- so any which way I'll, I'll need to although the previous tests work on the legacy versions but they might not work on the latest version itself so it might also need, need not uh, need that much of work
0: but uh, still a
5: small so amount of to upgrade it to the new yeah, libraries and, would, and that transfer would be
3: required.
0: sure um, cool Another thing that we also talked about was, um, uh, so, so we were talking about the fact that tests breaking uh, shouldn't be seen as a problem and, and that it's good to see that tests are breaking Uh, and that is, while you know, that is true in the lower part of the pyramid Uh, If you have unit tests or integration tests breaking, that's, uh, that's usually a good sign because it usually catches meaningful stuff. And what Chirag was saying was that uh, usually when the UI tests end up breaking, they are not really breaking for the right reasons at all, they're breaking because of something else that has gone wrong. And so you end up spending a lot of time maintaining those tests. So is that, uh, again, that's, uh, that's what Chirag has experienced in the past. And I've seen a lot of that in the past as well. Uh, But have you also seen that on projects or what is the proportion of? you know, signal to noise when when UI tests break on your project
4: it is almost like uh, sometimes do our t- our tests do fail for 30, 30 percent of time like uh, because because of any reason like uh, it is not a functionality failure but those are the flaky reason but what generally we do is like we always try to identify w- why it failed like I- even if it is flaky what could be the reason and if we if we know what is the root cause we always see okay do we have the bandwidth to fix that in this current iteration if yes probably we will fix that if not probably will remove that from the test suite itself so that it is not so if if they are still part of test right and if they are still failing each and every time right and you haven't fixed that it will give it will it will have this negative impact on your mind like okay uh, this are already failing I, I don't want to go and see them again right let them fail we will fix that so instead of having those failing tests we will remove those tests and make sure that our pipeline is always our ui test uh, stage is always green and as soon as we start uh, so resolving those leakiness we'll include them one by one right but, but
1: have you that, have seen that yeah. yeah is that consistent with real uh, project experience because if if indeed uh, there's lots of int, uh, lots of unit tests and and they're written well. There are good integration tests. There are good mm-hmm. API tests. Uh, and then there are and then there are UI tests which are healthy, mm-hmm. you know, which fail for the right reasons. Then I, I think it should be only one in ten days uh, that that a UI test should fail, right? Because either the lower level test should just find it. And anyways, you know, once the lower level tests fail, you will not run the higher level test so either the lower level test should find it Mm. or um, yeah or if real failures where you know that integration test also can't catch should happen very rarely Uh, so logically that's what it should mean that that stage should never fail should hardly ever fail
4: yeah again it might depend on the external uh, factors which might be affecting your uh, application so for let's if i talk about our project like we have certain uh, we have one bi tool right which provides us these charts right and let's say if we have upgraded uh, that particular uh, server right which is providing those charts so of my unit test integration test and all those stuff are still passing but uh, for my ui test the, now the loading of those charts is taking more time so earlier the chart we used to go, uh, get loaded in 10 seconds, but now it is getting, uh, it is taking almost 50 to 60 seconds, which is not acceptable to our business. And hence it is it is necessary to write those tests. It, it might not be, and those, those things might not be able to catch at the lower level.
2: Yeah, and we can reduce the flickiness uh, depending on the third party system, uh, yeah. like the API. Uh, By mocking the things or like create the own mocks for the APIs so that it uh, like in previous project we have used to do that so that uh, the flakiness can be reduced. Mm -hmm.
1: But but the scenario that you're talking about, I think that is a case for writing some integration tests, and that's where I feel the you know that that it would pay for uh, for teams to be clear about what they are testing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're testing your integration with this external tool that will give you the charts, then you should write that test, express it as an integration test. Very simple, you say I will give you this mock data, you have to give me this chart, if you don't give me the chart in the right format or in the right time, that test will fail. That's the only test that will fail and it will be an integration test. It will not fail in some higher level end to end scenario or some UI test. right? right? So uh, I, and that's why I feel like by by having so many different categories of tests uh, where the purpose of each category isn't clear, we create confusion for ourselves and uh, might as well make it clearer that uh, that every layer should exist for one type of purpose only.
3: Uh, yeah, so I would just wanted to add uh, some points based on my experience because we uh, often see that your tests are failing and we uh, hardly get sometimes the meaningful outcome uh, of that test mm-hmm. so the p- uh, primary reason which I see why that is happening is when we write uh, automated UI test we don't execute them very frequently uh, sometimes because I, uh, so CI builds have one of the way nowadays which, uh, which is the right way to make them execute every time but if we have a regression suit then still uh, the CI build will take so much time so we won't be able to execute them ev- uh, very frequently. So uh, the flakiness, basically, uh, the one of the common reason for having those flaky tests is not executing them regularly. And once we start executing them regularly and see what all k- kinds of failures that we are encountering, is I think one of the way that we can uh, overcome the flakiness that we are observing from time to time.
1: Yeah, A- and sorry to belabor uh, my point again. So the it takes long time. I mean, it is it doesn't run as frequently teams don't run it as frequently because if it takes 2 hours then you can't run it frequently right and why does it take that much time because there are so many of them why is it flaky because there are so many of them and so the point is why are there so many <laughs> of them why don't re- why don't you reduce it to the absolute minimum you know uh, scenarios that really matter and shift all other testing uh, responsibilities to other layers of tests so anyways we are um, we we should follow akshay's thought process in
0: the yeah. yeah so uh, so again that was uh, that was related to the flakiness of the tests and it also goes to the second point uh, which uh, we discussed in the role play which was about how much time do you actually end up spending on this as qas right and and is that the best use of your time or your talents or or it should be you know focus somewhere else uh, so we've had this discussion with a couple of uh, groups in the past and uh, we've always found that uh, disproportionate amount of time is spent on writing and maintaining these tests um, and so the uh, the the question really is that uh, if this is code that is being written uh, maybe it's better written by devs that's one thing and and maybe the qa skills are used better in in figuring out uh, doing more exploratory testing and, and and catching things that wouldn't be caught otherwise, being a little more creative in testing. Uh, so what's your experience on that? What have you seen on on real projects? Do you see this as a problem uh, that needs to be fixed? or uh, Or do you think that things are okay?
4: i do think like uh, this is a very best stage where we where every team should be every ex- xp team should be like where uh devs are writing the test and we are utilizing qa qas for we are we are utilizing qa's more to the right or uh, more to the left of the product life cycle and more to the towards the right not I- on only the middle of the product life cycle okay. so uh, a qa should not be only a gatekeeper right uh, as a qa the aim of our, our agile agile team is like we have to deliver we have to make sure our product is uh, 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 what do you say uh, quality product and qa should not only s- sign that off qa should make sure that we are whatever we are building is a quality product Right, so uh, what what best way to utilize QAS mind is like uh, while we'll identifying different kind of scenarios. Uh, while while when the story is being developed probably Mm -hmm. what what we can do is like uh, so that is again what we are talking is uh, the stage where every agile team should be like uh, qa brings out this all the different kind of scenarios they discuss with the team at what level we want to write those tests that will give us the value and then probably according to the bandwidth and according to the team structure we uh, we spend that responsibility uh, uh, within with devs and qas right so that uh, so that is more towards the shift left part and more shift right means. So uh, QA as a QA we are also uh, are, uh, we are also delegate of uh, I would say uh, uh, POs, POS and business right so we know how our end users uh, use our product so we should be able to again uh, from the left part we should be also focusing on the right part to collect the logs how our clients are us- using what is the most frequent uh, f- most most frequent actions our business are doing are we seeing any bugs around them or not right so better we utilize the qs time over that but as you said like uh, this not every team follows that, there are again uh, v- very much variance how team follows agile. right? Uh, to my experience, I have been in one agile team where we have separate manual and automation tester. Well as automation, I was a part of that automation tester team, uh, we were two of them and our goal was to automate anything which is uh, any test cases which are written in this iteration, uh, which are written in this iteration in the next iteration so we are always one iteration behind and though we were uh, all sitting in uh, at one table still we feel that we are not part of a team because that was a very different way of uh, working Mm -hmm. in agile right and we end up we we end up uh, creating a test suite where which no one was executing because no one cared right so yeah Right. The reality is a little bit different, but I, I seen that I have talked to different people over LinkedIn. I have seen their posts, right? People are going to that stage. Now they are understanding where a QA is more valuable. Like when we say where a test is more valuable, we always see where a QA is more valuable. If we, if you say a dev and QA, right, who can write code better? It's always Dev, right? Because that is their primary skill. And as a QA, our primary skill is like to analyze things. Uh, analyze things in well in advance
3: yeah
0: right. anybody else what uh, what have your experiences
3: been so based on my experience so basically uh, what i feel is uh, uh, the role of a qa should definitely be uh, the exploratory testing as well as the uh, the role in which uh, they can work closely with the devs in the api testing part and all the other stuff uh, because what actually uh, the QA needs is more and more understanding of the business, and if you work closely with the developers, uh, the, the, your understanding about the product keeps on getting better and better. So uh, what I feel is uh, exploratory testing is equally important, and at the same time, uh, you can spend time on the uh, on the uh, on the stuff working with the devs on the API API part and. Related skills, uh, so that uh, at the end of the day, also at the same time, it offloads the dev load over to QA. So dev can f- primarily focus on the other features as well. If QA can also pitch in and uh, help them in, in the API testing and integration part of it.
4: And uh, like as as uh, some uh, any uh, any of you have already mentioned that. A role of a QA is to make sure, make make uh, himself redundant in the team. When we say redundant, means if we are not getting any let's say if we are not getting much uh, much features, right? We have to make sure that everything is automated and we we have those. Uh, so, it's uh, quality is always not a QA's uh, only responsibility. Quality is again team's responsibility where your devs also contribute in writing test, executing test. They know. Uh, why we are writing even tests? Because uh, because if QAs are only responsible for writing tests, over of the time we have seen that our our quality of the even the automation framework de- degrades. The test uh, the w- the way we are writing is not again up to the mark. But if whole team is responsible for that, they will again question you back. Okay, why we are writing? This is not I'm not able to understand what is the purpose of this and uh, why we are writing this. So, yeah.
1: Um, just the, uh, another thing I want to add is all the cross-functional testing, so testing for performance and load and security, and uh, I've seen that get um, sidetracked completely on so many teams because everyone's just so busy uh, writing functional tests all the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so even the devs and, and QAs, everyone you know, uh, doesn't do enough for, for
0: cross-functional testing. Cool. Uh, so I think we are close to the R. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there were any other big points. I'll just uh, summarize some of the other things that were talked about. Uh, so we talked about the fact that uh, unit tests, integration tests, uh, uh, or, you know, JavaScript unit tests, uh, those are things that uh, devs uh, write usually. And uh, API, end-to-end, uh, UI, these kind of tests uh, end up being written by QA's, and that's where this. Distribution of time spent in writing and maintaining tests versus actually testing um, uh, comes from. Uh, so that's something to pay attention to. Um, and then uh, the other thing that uh, was quite interesting that uh, that we discussed in the role play was uh, to actually uh, see if you are able to reduce the size of your QA team um, as as you mature in the in in the product. Uh, and I think you were speaking something similar that uh, if, if there are no new features coming in, then uh, maybe uh, things should be brought up to a level of sophistication where devs can easily continue uh, with that, and, and that you don't need uh, you don't need uh, QAs. Um, and these points are a little contradictory uh, because if you if you're saying that the QA responsibility is really to to analyze and think about business scenarios and all of that, then I I would argue that that would be required regardless of what level of maturity you, you reach. Um, but I guess you guys are also pointing to the fact that um, that the actual writing of tests and maintaining of tests should be, should come to that level of sophistication where devs are able to pick that up and, and you don't need to spend QA firepower on that and then uh, maybe you need lesser number of QAs to actually do the real testing uh, in uh, for cross-functional stuff as well as for Um, uh, for other scenarios in the application and just be creative about testing. Cool. Thanks a lot, uh, everyone. Uh, We'll see you next time on another episode of Practice SP with some other topic.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Bye.